Welcome to episode 118, Navigating an Early Return, Missionary Service. It has been some time since I addressed the subject of missionary service and mental illness, but I have felt very strongly about this particular episode, and so today we are going to talk about navigating an early return home due to mental illness. Now, there are many reasons why somebody might return home early from a mission, but one of the most devastating, and I think even more than sin, is to return home due to symptoms of mental illness. As much as mental illness has become more accepted within society and church culture, there still exists a significant stigma to returning home from a mission due to its effects. Many missionaries and their families struggle with the return, from what to tell people, to working through treatment, and even to what now. So many questions come, and often so few real answers. Young men, and women, and even more than a few senior couples, return bewildered, defeated, and feeling as though they have failed in some way, and more than a few of them lose their way for a time, not knowing exactly where to go or really what to do. So today, we are going to face it head on. We will explore the biggest question of why, and then we're going to talk through basically how to navigate what comes after. So let's start with the why. There is no more difficult question in a person's life than why has the Lord allowed mental illness to occur? And the second more difficult question is right behind it. Why during a mission? Now the answer to those questions are going to be tailored a little to the individual because really mental illness is truly an individual experience. But let's start with a few thoughts and scriptures and then tackle the why question. The first scripture we're going to start with is from Ether 1227. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness, that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me, and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. The next scripture, or basically uh, scripture, we'll call it that because it comes from conference, is from Elder Holland. Like a Broken Vessel, October 2013. And this is what he said. However bewildering this all may be, these afflictions are really some of the realities of mortal life, and there should be no more shame in acknowledging them than acknowledging a battle with high blood pressure or the sudden appearance of a malignant tumor. In striving for some peace and understanding in these difficult matters, it is crucial to remember that we are living, and chose to live, in a fallen world where... For divine purposes, our pursuit of godliness will be tested and tried again and again. Our greatest assurance in God's plan is that a Savior was promised, a Redeemer, who through our faith in Him would lift us triumphantly over these tests and trials, even though the cost to do so would be unfathomable for both the Father who sent Him and the Son who came. It is only an appreciation of this divine love that will make our own suffering Lesser, first bearable, then understandable, and then finally redemptive. And the final quote comes from actually Elder Bednar's talk called Called to the Work from April 2017. This is really short, but I think it's very important. Each mission call and assignment, or later reassignment, is the result of revelation through the Lord's servants. Now, given those three introductory scriptures, and I hope that Elder Bednar will forgive me for pulling his statement a little out of context, let's talk about the why. 
First of all, your illness was not a surprise to the Lord as much as it may have been to you. If you read Ether 12.27 carefully, the Lord has given weaknesses, which also can mean allowed for them to occur. Weaknesses are incredibly important to the Lord, and he explains exactly why in Ether. Our weaknesses allow for humility, meaning we are more we more directly seek the true will of the Lord without our own personal biases getting in the way. But what is most important about that scripture is that the Lord has directed that your weakness show up during missionary service. Those who are called to service do remain under the protective nature of the Lord, with his angels to bear them up, as stated in the Doctrine and Covenants. So, if the Lord has allowed mental illness to develop during your mission, then know that he has a divine purpose in it. And if you have been afflicted with mental illness, then understand he has given that specific illness with a promise that its intent is to strengthen you, not cripple you. There should be no guilt, no shame, no lack of faith discussions, no I have failed perceptions of your missionary service. You have simply been reassigned, as Elder Bednar might call it. Yes, your reassignment means that you no longer wear a tag or have those missionary experiences, but if the Lord has allowed your weakness to occur during your mission, then understand that you do not need those remaining experiences. The first and foremost idea you can foster in your mind is that this is your new mission. As Elder Holland explained, however bewildering this all may be, these afflictions are some of the realities of mortal life and there should be no more shame in acknowledging them than in acknowledging a battle with high blood pressure or the sudden appearance of a malignant tumor. So this is the first part of your reassignment home. Acceptance of your illness, and that the Lord has provided you with a unique illness and opportunity. Yes, I said opportunity. The Lord does not see weakness, such as mental illness, detrimental to a spiritual life. He views them as a necessary step, to strengthen your spiritual nature. There are some other important aspects to this acceptance that will be very important to your return and reassignment home. Understand that mental illness is not a random event. The elements that have caused your mental illness were long arranged before your mission. A good portion of you already had a genetic component lingering in the DNA strands in your body. And while science cannot point to the exact gene or combination, they have enough evidence to support that many mental illnesses are the effect of genetics and some environmental concerns. Many individuals have asked, why does mental illness happen during missionary service? Now, there are likely many factors, but just consider these few. First, many mental illnesses do appear within young adulthood and late teen years. For some reason, this time frame in the life of the body causes mental illness to develop. Second, mental illness is often induced or comes about by environmental conditions and a genetic predisposition, meaning that while you were at your parents' home or whatever your life was like before your mission, you had a significant support system, and that support system likely masked some or much of your illness. Once removed from that support system and then placed under the stress of long work hours and study hours, new people, new places, new languages, cultures, and customs, your illness responded to the significant increase in stress. Those symptoms that were moderated by your support network to the point you could not feel or see them 
are often enhanced by the new environmental stresses placed upon the body during missionary service. And so all of a sudden, you are feeling the terrible pull of depression or bipolar or anxiety, and sometimes even a combination of those. It can be very disturbing and bewildering to suddenly feel those deep and piercing, troubling feelings. It can feel as though you've lost your testimony or that you never had one. You can't seem to find peace, comfort, or even any joy in your service. Those feelings are simply part of the illness and do not represent reality physically or spiritually. That is just the nature of the illness to alter our realities. Why is it important to understand all of that background concern? Because mental illness can feel very much like sin and failure, neither of which are true. It is a matter of predisposition to the illness and the stresses induced by serving a full-time mission. There is no blame or fault to be had by anyone. It is an illness that simply does not work well with missionary service, at least the demanding, rigorous type of service that comes with a proselytizing mission. Although, in my personal opinion, with some minor adjustments to missionary service, I would think that many more individuals could actually stay in the field, but again, just my opinion. The second question that always comes to missionaries is, why wasn't I healed? Why didn't the Lord allow me to put it to the side and deal with it after my mission? Why, in the middle or the beginning, or towards the end of what is considered one of the most important things I will do in my life? There are many personal answers to these questions because weaknesses are given on an individual basis and tailored to the individual. So I really cannot answer everything, but there are some things that can be answered. The first is was not the first is that it was not because you were too weak or didn't have faith or doubted too much or sinned before your mission or any number of answers that Lucifer will so carefully craft in your head. The truth of the matter is that it was the Lord's decision, and ultimately, that is what matters. The Lord made the decision for you. The illness was more important in your life than what might have occurred during your mission. I realize that it might not make any sense, especially when it occurs, but sometimes the truth doesn't. If you approach your illness after the mission with the idea that this is what the Lord has chosen, then many of the boulders and obstacles stopping your progress in life will tend to melt away. So this is the first and foremost thing you must do. You must come to the Lord and accept that He has sent you another assignment, and that this view of eternity that His view of eternity is far greater than our own. I can promise that if you ask the Lord about what occurred, He will confirm that it was His choice, and that you and your leaders simply followed the revelation he provided. Second, returning home will provide some interesting moments you're going to need to navigate. The first of these moments, obviously, will be acknowledging and accepting your illness, and then finding treatments that work for you personally. You are going to need to educate yourself and find solutions. Understand that this is going to take some time. Mental illness is not like a broken leg or a blood-borne infection where x-rays or a blood draw will tell you what you need to do. Mental illness is diagnosed by symptoms, and those symptoms vary from person to person. It will take time for doctors to use the best medicine available to find you the help you need. The key to this part of the problem is to stick with it. It is very easy to become discouraged, disheartened, and even disillusioned by not only the reassignment away from the mission, 
but continuing to feel the deep pressures of mental illness. One of the more important things I wish I had known during my illness was how easy it was for Lucifer to gain a foothold in my mind. Depression, anxiety, and bipolar all bring about feelings of doubt, despair, discouragement, and simply feeling lost and even alone. Because these feelings can be induced by the illness, and because they are present, Lucifer seems to have the ability to, in some ways, use them against us. His message will always be a failure, defeat, lack of faith, doubt, lack of worthiness, and so many others I am certain you have felt. These feelings never come from the Lord. The Lord, even when we have strayed because of our mental illness, always desires to draw us back to Him. His message is of love and concern and desire for us to move forward in the gospel. Mental illness is one of the most difficult illnesses from which to move forward because the illness itself induces all types of emotions and feelings that stop us in our tracks and tell us that the road we are on is not the right one or one that we cannot handle. Third, and it's probably the most difficult, you prepared for a mission, you received a call, you even served for a time, and you were moving forward on a path that was and actually is still true. Yes, the Lord altered your path, but the path you did walk, your testimony of it, and your preparedness all remain. The third thing you need to do is make plans to move forward. The longer you wait, the more difficult it will become. Yes, you will need to allow for some time to adjust to your new difficulty. But even then, adjusting and the working through it are part of moving forward. I am not saying you need to jump right back into college or a service mission or whatever your life next holds. But you need to move forward in your life. This means making plans, not only for life physically, but spiritually. Whether you desired it or not, Lucifer knows that you are at a very crucial point in your life, and he will do everything he can to derail your life right now. Because he knows one thing, that if he can derail your life now, he just might be able to keep you away from the Lord and his church for a much longer time. What is important to note about this time right after you return home is that the Lord actually will be very present in your life. He tends to draw close when he allows for great weaknesses to appear in our lives. And those same angels that bore you up on a mission are the same ones that will help you as you return and adjust your life to your new circumstances. It might be a little difficult to feel and hear, so the Lord will likely also send mortal angels into your life to help as well. What I have found in my own life dealing so many years with mental and physical illnesses is that Lucifer can never have more influence than the Lord can in our lives unless we purposely allow for it. There is a required balance on Lucifer's side of things, and there are restrictions placed on his abilities. What you will find, if you look for it, is the Lord by your side regularly. Now remember that the Lord spent much of his time on earth ministering to the afflicted, and that really has not changed. So while it may feel sometimes as though he is not present due to your illness, I assure you that he is, and he is clearing a way for you that remain, to remain on the path. Now, I have often felt that we do not see much of what the Lord does for us in removing obstacles from our path because we simply never see the obstacle. 
Remember, the Lord will support you as you move forward, and this is because of the promise of grace for those who accept their weaknesses and are humble to his teachings. Now, returning to a family ward or even a singles ward when your missionary service was not the expected time frame is just going to be difficult. I cannot say it any other way. Should it be? The answer is no, and I have that in with an exclamation point and capitalized. But the Ward family is human and mortal, and as I have said before, our minds don't like mysteries and unknowns. And so the Ward family is naturally going to fill in the blanks. Most are going to treat you differently. Some will walk on eggshells around you, and of course, several are going to ask the why question. Do they need to know? Of course they don't need to know. But you would be surprised how many are simply concerned about what happened, and even if they have no idea how to help. I realize that mental illness has a stigma attached to it, and I wish that I could say it was different within the rank-and-file church membership. But it isn't. Unfortunately, what most people know about mental illnesses, who have never dealt with them, comes from the media. The media likes to to dramatize, sensationalize, and over-exaggerate certain aspects of mental illness, and it tends to skew the reality of mental illness significantly. However, part of the stigma also likely has to do more with the idea that mental illness is foreign to about 75-80% to of the population. They simply cannot comprehend it. No matter what you tell them or how carefully you craft it, they are not going to comprehend it. If you understand that idea, it will be far easier to deal with that stigma. However, if you don't feel comfortable about talking about a mental illness, then simply state that you came home due to illness. There is no need to develop the specifics of the illness. Yes, people will wonder, but there is no requirement that they absolutely need to know the exact illness. If they ask about returning to your mission, simply state that is for the future and the Lord to decide. Now, having said all that, you are still going to get those people who don't know what to say and treat you differently. Just expect that they will, smile, and move on. If you allow them to get in your head, and yes, this includes sometimes stake-in-word leaderships, then you're allowing them to punish you for having done nothing wrong. Don't allow others to punish you. Now, as you look to future fields of labor, there are some important aspects of the illness. First of all, a diagnosis of mental illness does not mean that you will never be happy again. Most mental illnesses are very treatable, and and many individuals live with them without anyone around them knowing. You will still be able to have a family, children, love, happiness, and wonderful life experiences. Your life does not end with a diagnosis. In fact, a diagnosis is the beginning. Sure, it was not what you had planned, but the Lord did have it in His plans, and He has provided a way for you to return to Him, even if that illness sticks around for some time. Now, as far as sticking with the gospel and your covenants, I am not saying living with a mental illness is easy, but I don't think that anyone ever thinks it will be. But removing oneself from the path and the gospel will most certainly make it more difficult. Some individuals might tell you that living with a mental illness is easier outside of the protective walls of gospel covenants, especially when you struggle with the basics of attending church meetings, servicing callings, the doctrine, and sometimes even feeling the spirit and promptings. Yes, those things will provide some difficulty, that is part of the illness, and its effects upon the mind and body. But outside covenant walls of protection, the Lord will not have the same influence in your life. 
because you have chosen to remove yourself from some of those protections you cannot see. Even with the problems and added difficulty that comes with mental illness and hearing the Spirit, living, with gospel, living within gospel covenants is far less difficult than the struggles you will face outside of those protections. Now, Lucifer will want you to see it as easier and less stressful to be on the outside of those covenants. He will want you to see that the gospel is adding stress to your life. He wants you to see the gospel as the issue. Now, obviously, he does so purposely. His intent is first to get you on the outside and then to lead you carefully away from those protections. Once he has done so, he will tell you things such as there is no way back, you are not worthy to go back, you can't live the gospel with your illness, and so many other falsehoods. He will introduce you to counterfeit happiness, people who want you to be like them and the pleasures the world has to offer. What I can tell you about those pleasures and the counterfeits is that they are hollow and will provide no true lasting happiness or even any help to your illness. Because what the world offers is short term and you will always be dependent upon the world outside of those walls. However, the greater difficulty lies in the fact that once you have removed yourself from the gospel and its protections, Nephi's promise no longer holds true. We often use 1 Nephi 3.7 as our promise that the Lord will provide a way in our lives and never give us more than we can handle. But that is only if we remain within the gospel covenants. Outside of those covenants, you can certainly give yourself more than you can handle. And you have removed yourself from what protections you might have had through grace. So while life within the gospel might seem difficult, it is far more difficult outside those walls of protection. Finally, in your planning for what is to come next, understand that mental illness takes some time getting used to, even a few years. Expect failures, some deep and poignant moments, feeling lost, hopeless, yes, and at times you're going to feel guilty. While you should never feel guilty, lost, or hopeless, mental illness will definitely cause these feelings to occur. The best thing you can do is to put those feelings and everything else in the past where it belongs in the past, and forgotten. I know, far easier said than done, but that is also part of the learning process. As you put the past in the past and focus on the present and the future, you will find the Lord at your side helping you along that path. He has given you what you need in your life to return to Him. And yes, mental illness is and will be a part of that important journey. May the Lord bless you to see this, see His hand, and to do your part so that he can do his. Until next week.